Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation is the gospel lesson appointed for Palm Sunday, recorded in Matthew chapter 21. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, the scene set before us today is often called the triumphal entry. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the Sunday of Holy Week as a conquering hero to meet the archenemy Satan on the battlefield of the cross. We may picture a conquering hero in the days of antiquity riding in a Roman chariot with a herald sounding the trumpet before him surrounded by soldiers on majestic horses. Considering this mental picture, we may ask of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, is this any way for a conquering king to make an entrance on a borrowed animal, a beast of burden? In May 1800, just before his important victory over Austrian forces, Napoleon Bonaparte crossed the Alps at St. Bernard riding on a mule. This event is the subject of a famous painting by Jacques-Louis David. Noticeably missing from this painting is the mule. Napoleon was well aware of the humility and burden associated with this animal. Instead, Napoleon is pictured with confidence, calm on a spirited white horse, firmly in control in the face of war. This painting presents more propaganda than history. The text before us today, however, is not propaganda. It shows us that our triumphant King Jesus is not ashamed to be seen as lowly riding on a donkey. This leads to the question which will serve as our theme for our meditation this morning. What kind of king is Christ? 
First, Christ is the king that God promised to send. This fact is recognized by the gospel writer Matthew and the crowd in Jerusalem that day. Matthew writes that this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. He then quotes the words from the Old Testament prophet Zechariah, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The crowd also publicly proclaimed that Jesus was the king from the line of David, promised in the Psalms and the prophets, the Messiah. They shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is a Hebrew word meaning save or help. For that crowd and for us, as we sing our hosannas in the liturgy and in our hymns, this is an exclamation of praise and a cry for help. Some from the crowd took off their cloaks and spread them on the ground. Many waved palm branches, a symbol of liberty, victory, and joy. In their words and actions, the crowd proclaim that Christ is a king who is victorious over our enemies. Christ brings us liberty, victory, and joy by defeating our enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh. How does Christ win for us the victory? Here again, he operates contrary to human reason and expectations by suffering for us. He wins the victory by bearing our burdens. What is our greatest burden? We may think of all our schoolwork or emotional or financial burdens. Our greatest burden, however, quite simply is sin. Because of sin, each of us is in a desperate situation from which we cannot save ourselves. Psalm 51 tells us we were brought forth in iniquity and are sinful from conception. As a result, our minds are hostile toward God. Our thoughts are filled with lust and greed. Our words are often mean-spirited. We serve ourselves and fail to help those who are around us who are in need. And this is shown by scripture to be a very serious matter. For whoever is, has broken just one of God's commandments is guilty of breaking all of them. Guilty before God, we deserve eternal punishment in hell. In the text before us, we see that Jesus Christ, true God and true man, willingly rode into Jerusalem to bear the burden of our sin. This week, we will see Jesus betrayed, beaten, mocked, and killed. The guiltless Son of God will be tried and executed as the chief of sinners. In this is our comfort. Christ did all of this for us. He freed us from the death grip of sin and Satan. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. God made him who had no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. As Jesus rode through the city of Jerusalem, we read, all the city was stirred. Everyone took notice. Some were moved with wonder at the novelty of the thing. Others were laughing at the lowliness of it. 
Others cried out with joy while the religious leaders were filled with envy. Where do you picture yourself in the crowd? Before you are too quick to identify yourself with those waving their branches and cheering, let me remind you that this crowd too could be swayed. A few days later, many would join that mob which cried out, Crucify! Crucify! But in this regard, we must admit that we are like those who were swayed. We all too often are weak in our confession as we face the sway of the crowd or opposition. We may find it easy to stand up for the truths of Holy Scripture, to be concerned about sanctified living, or to speak about our Savior at a Christian college or seminary. But what about when we're off this campus and out in the world, at work, or at social gatherings, it is easy to be led into coarse joking and flesh-pleasing actions and to forget that we are set apart as children of God. Do we suddenly become ashamed when those around us mock our belief in creation or say that Jesus was only a good man? We all have failed as Christ's witnesses and so have joined the crowd that mocked him. In the account before us and throughout the week, we will see Jesus' perfect witness and his perfect obedience to the Father's will, his obedience to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus' blood shed on the cross cleanses us from our disobedience and purifies us from all sin, even our failure to confess him. And so we are covered with the white robe of Christ's righteousness. Wearing robes of Christ's righteousness, may we join in that great multitude from every tribe, people, and language, holding palm branches in our hands and singing, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Amen.